Turn to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Um, we've been on a series for a number of weeks here about how to get through a bad day. And, and um, you know, that's, I think um, we've, we've done a lot, but I think this is the, one of the things that we need to learn here. And f- probably the final thing, and if we get this, everything's going to come into place. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, because the enemy is like a roaring lion, lion the Bible says, seeking who he may devour. And he's coming at you. I mean, and, and, and we've had a lot of testimonies um, about God just really doing things, but there was a lot of bad days going on. And a lot of people are going through some things, but we've seen so many great testimonies. And I'm believing for you, just like that word that Mitch gave, your Goliath is going to fall. That I'm believing that this week you're going to see something and you're going to have a testimony. And so we want to hear about it and make sure we know about it. But Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, I'm going to read out of the Message Bible. It says this, Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it. And that's basically what we've been doing. We've been studying how did Jesus get through a bad day. You know, Jesus had a bad day. We called it Good Friday. It's good for us, but it was bad for him. It wasn't an easy day for him. So we've been, been talking about how he went through the Garden of Gethsemane. And we've been talking about well, one of the statements he made on the cross. But why are we doing that? Because of this next verse. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed. And these bad days, they come because they're trying to give you, get you off track. It's trying to get your focus off the Lord and and and. Get you off to the place where God wants to take you. It says that Jesus, we had to study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He put up with, he could put up with anything along the way, the cross, the shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside Jesus. And what happens when bad day come, bad days come? I mean, they try to get us off track so we'll lose sight of who we are and where we're going. And a lot of times what happens is when they come consistently. How many guys have a bad, have had a bad day after a bad day after a bad day? Then you have a bad season. Then you have a bad year or a couple years. I mean, they come like that. And then the whole thing for the enemy is to get you off track and make you lose faith. To stop you from continuing and stop you from continuing to walking. And my whole heart is, because let me tell you something. The Bible's very clear. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. And my, I, as a pastor, I want to prepare you not to lose sight, not to give up, not to quit. And be like Job, where it says in Job chapter 1, that he never blamed God for anything. He, well, it says he never foolishly blamed God for anything. Because that's a lot, a lot of times what we do. And then we, because we get so discouraged and we go, God, why? And we start blaming him when it's probably not him. Remember how bad days come? It could be by somebody else. It could be by the enemy. But most of all, it's probably by you. Because none of us are perfect and we all make mistakes, right? We all screw up. See, the enemy wants you to lose sight. And he wants to stop you where you don't, in the end, finish with God. And there's no place of honor. I want you to finish with honor. I want you to finish with the Lord and, and, and see the victory. So I'm telling you these things. So not just that you can have a good life. And I want you to have a good life. I want you to be happy. I want you to be joyful. I mean, all of us want that. I believe God wants that. But we have to learn these tools, what we've talked about, so we can be determined to finish our race. You know what? 
every bad thing that you go through should make you more angry at the devil and more determined to finish the race that God set before you. Amen? So every believer needs this framework of how to get through these bad days. Now, Jesus had seven things that he said on the cross. And I, I didn't have time in this series to go through all of them. We went through one. But the last thing he says comes out of Luke 23. Now, look at this. This is very powerful. Luke 23, verse 44. Look what it says here. It was now about the sixth hour, and darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour, for the sun stopped shining. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two, and Jesus called out with a loud voice. This is his statement. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. You know, to live through a bad day, you can do everything that we talked about. All the things we, can, we talked about, about controlling your thoughts, about rest and waiting before you make a judgment, keeping your eyes on Jesus, humbling yourself before the Lord, forgive the people who are trying to hurt you, and live in his love, obey and give thanks. You, after you've done all those things, this is one thing you need to do, is to give it to God. Jesus left everything, and he says, God, into your hands I commit my spirit. This is the place where we say, God, I put everything in your hands and I'm going to leave it there. I fully trust you. So you've got to come to that place at the end. In, during your bad day, after you've been praying, after you've been seeking the Lord, after you've been, been you know, having fights of fear and fights of worry, you have to come to a place where you can say, God, I'm over it. I can't do anything about it, and I give it to you. And I fully trust you. That's what Jesus did. You know, Jesus, at that time, after that, he said his last he breath, breathed his last breath. He died. So what, is, what, what was he, could he have been worried, God, are you going to resurrect me? Probably. But he knew his God, right? So he said, God, I, I did that, and I'm going to trust you. I, I commit my spirit into your hands. Guess what? Resurrection was three days later. Amen? Amen. See, your resurrection, the, the stuff that you're dealing with is not too far away, but you've got to learn to trust God. You've got to learn to get your eyes on Him. So finally, in this whole message, is surrender your day to God. Surrender and let it go. Anybody want to sing that song? Please don't. Anyway, let it go. He surrendered total control of his life to the Father's hands. You know, right before that, the sixth word that he says, sixth phrase, he says, it is finished. That was triumphant. That was victorious. And then he had to say, it's yours. I give it to you. At some point, you've got to stop and you've got to give up and you've got to give it to God. And that's why Peter says, cast all your cares onto him so he can care for you. And it's so hard to let go, isn't it? Even when we do, what, what comes against us? Worry. Doesn't it? You start to worry. Well, I gave it to God, but you're still thinking about it. Worry is it's such, a, it's such an evil thing. Worry comes against you. And it's trying to stop you. And you give it to God. No, I give it to you, Lord. I gave it to you, but you still think about it. And see, what happens at the end here? is when you give it to God, the devil's going to come in and tempt you to fear, to worry. He's going to say things like, man, you need to do something about this. 
No, no, no. I gave it to the Lord. He hasn't told me anything to do. He's going to say, well, no, he ain't going to do anything. You're, you're, you're messed up. It's all going to end. He wants to bring fear. He wants to bring worry. You know what worry is? It's essentially a control issue. It's trying to control the uncontrollable. In fact, the root word to, to worry is to choke. It means to choke or to strangle. How many of you have ever had an anxiety attack? Raise your hand. You know, that's what it feels like, right? You feel like you're, you're being strangled. You feel like you, you can't do anything. You feel, you feel like you're being choked. It's so important that we don't get in a place of worry. You know, a number of years ago, I, I went and worked with YWAM, Youth with a Mission. And so, so you know, I, I didn't like to fly, but I wanted to be a missionary. And some places in this world, you can't get to for some reason without flying. Well, you, it takes months, but you can get there, but it's by boat. And then I get seasick and all that other stuff. But anyway... I hate to. I hate. I didn't like to fly. In fact, my wife can tell you when when it starts getting bumpy, I don't do well at all. I I begin to think I need to get up into the pilot seat and drive myself. That wouldn't be good for anybody else. But I might control my fear issue. But anyway, but I I would always worry. And and I had to learn to try to give that to the Lord. If I was going to do what God's called me to do, I had to give it to Him. And I, I couldn't worry. People would try. This is funny. People would try to, to comfort me. Well, Sean, you know, listen, if, it, if it's your time to go, it's your time. <laughs> well, okay, that's fine. But what if it's the pilot's time to go? <laughs> you know, that didn't comfort me at all. And, and you know, we got to learn. And Jesus talked about worry. Matthew chapter 6. Turn there. Matthew chapter 6, on the Sermon of the Mount, verse 25, he says this, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air, they do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry... About clothes. See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God closes the, closes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow sown in the fire, he, will he not much more clothe you? That's so good. You of little faith, he says. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run all after all these things, but your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Where Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has its trouble of its own. I was... Um, Dealt with fear and anxiety and weary. And I remember um, Rick Warren having a list. And I, I put those in your notes. You can, you can uh, write these down. Because I think it was so good. He was talking about worry. And he had four things about worry. And I thought they were good. And he said, worry is unnatural. Isn't that true? You are not made to worry. Worry is unnatural. And that's what, what Jesus says in, in verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. They, they do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Worry is unnatural for the believer. The second thing, worry doesn't work. It simply doesn't work. Jesus says, who, are you by wor- who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Worrying doesn't work. The third thing is worrying is not needed. 
Because God has promised to take care of you, right? Worry is not needed. I mean, we don't have to worry. Worry is not logical. Worry is, worry is unlogical. Worry is unnatural. Worry doesn't work and worry is not needed. But why do we do that? Because the enemy knows what worry does to us. It gets us off of, from hearing the voice of God. How many have ever had a hard time praying when you're worrying? Right? I mean, you, you'll cry out to God and yell, God, God, help me. But it's, it's hard to really listen to the Father. And listen to the direction of the Holy Spirit. Worry is evil. It is controlling. And when we allow it in our life, I tell you what, it messes us up. We need to be free from that. Now look at what Jesus said again. He says, into your hands I commit my spirit. Now he's quoting from the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter 31 verse 4. Look what he says here. It says, free me from the trap that is set for me. Worry is a trap. It says, free me from the trap that's set, set for me, for you are my refuge. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Redeem me, O Lord, the God of truth. See, this is where the secret is. Give it to God. That needs to be our prayer. God, I, into your hands I commit this day. Into your hands I commit what's going on in my life, all my circumstances. I give you everything because, God, I don't want to worry. It has no, it doesn't mean no good to worry. I'm going to give it to you. You've got this. And I'm not going to fall for the trap of the enemy to get defeated, to worry, to get in fear, to have anxiety. I'm not going to fall for that trap. But there's something that we need to do. And there's one of the words that the Lord gave me this week about this. You see, we need to learn to develop a culture of peace and love and faith in our homes. And let me tell you why. Because if we're going to defeat, if we're going to get through a bad day, we need to have a place of refuge. For a majority of believers in America... The average committed believer, listen to this, and there's no condemnation when I say this, so don't take that that way. I just want to let you know because I know what happens with with people. We're busy. Things happen. But the normal um, attendance in church is 1.7 days a month. 1.7. And a lot of times what happens with us believers is that this is our only place where we find encouragement, Faith and love. But listen, if that's all you get, even if you came four times a week to Cornerstone, and that's the only time you receive that, it's not enough. Your home is supposed to be a place of refuge. Your home needs to be a place where the love of God reigns, where the faith of God is there. And where the peace of God surpasses all understanding. When you come home, you know what? You work in, in this world. You're out in this world. And when you come home, you should come through a door where everything that was attached to you has to fall off because the presence of God is in your house. Amen? Where you let that fall off and you come in because you have developed a culture. You know what a culture is? It's a way of life. It's a way of living. It's a way of being. 
And we need to learn to develop a culture of peace, a develop a culture of love, and to develop a culture of faith in our homes. So when we come home, whether it's you, whether it's your, your spouse, whether it's your kids, that when they're in school and they're, they're going through everything, that they can come home and they have the spirit of faith. They have the spirit of love. They have the spirit of faith that is very evident because what the enemy's trying to do is take everything that is of God away from you. But we got to develop this culture. Develop this culture, and we have got to be consistent in it. We don't have to be perfect, but we have to be consistent in it. And we have to grow it by feeding it, by doing it. So how do we do that? Because if we develop a culture of faith, of, of love, and of peace in our home, listen, the devil won't be able to touch us. Because you're going you're gonna to come in, and all the junk that's laid on you throughout that day is going to fall off, and it's going to be there in the outside. And you're going to come in because you have developed something in your home that's greater than you can ever understand. And you come in and it's peace. You come in and there's love. Now I'm talking about the love of God. I'm talking about the peace of God. And you can even have this stuff, even though there may be you, you and your spouse may be fighting. You can still have that culture because that culture is going to lead you out of the fight into a greater place of peace and love, forgiveness, and faith. And when you come in through your door because you've developed it, that means you've got to work on it. You know what develop means? Work. It takes work. And you've got to be intentional. And because you've done that, you get to come in and you have a place of prayer. You have a place of worship. You have the word of God all around. You are speaking the word of God. And then in the next morning you get up. You know tomorrow is Monday, right? You're going to get up on Monday morning. You're not going to dread Monday morning anymore. But you're going to speak words of faith because you have developed a culture of peace, of love, and faith in your home. That you begin to say, this is the day that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice in in it. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So when you walk out that door, you don't walk out as a defeated man or woman anymore. You walk out that door and you don't pick out the junk that you left on the ground. You've got something greater in you because you have been built up. You have been prayed up. You had worshiped up. You got the word up and yet the devil cannot stop you because you have a place of refuge in your house. Your home is a place of refuge. It's not just a place to sleep. It's not just a place to eat. It's a place for God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So how do we do that? Number one, you need to get to know God in your home. Amen? It's a novel idea, right? Don't wait to get to know Him here. Get to know God. Let, let, you should have church every day in your house. Listen, if you're single, preach to yourself. I used to deal, I deal with identity problems. I still have some issues. But anyway, um, why are you laughing? <laughs> I do have issues. Um, I do. I really do. You need to pray for me. Um, but um, I used to have identity problems. And, and I, w- I would get, at least I would tell you this, I would get in front of the mirror and I would just sing songs, how, how great I am. God made me. He formed me. Amen. I mean, you know, you just have to preach to yourself. You, listen, you're, you're, you should have church. You are the church. You know, this building's not the church. 
Build it in your home. Get to know God in your home. How do you do that? You worship. Your house should be a house of worship. You don't have to go to a prayer room to do that. Man, that's just good, isn't it? That's really good back there, isn't it? You don't have to go, you don't have to go anywhere. I mean, we need fellowship with the believers. We need discipleship. Yeah, I'm not saying that you don't need those things. But your house should be a house of prayer. Right? God should be Lord of your home. So you have times of worship. You have, you have times of prayer. Teach your kids to worship God. Teach your kids to pray. Teach your kids to speak the word. Teach yourself to do the same thing. Get together and speak. If you're single in here, get some friends over. and You pray over your home. You pray over your apartment. You pray over whatever you have. But you, 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 you make it a place of prayer. You make it a place of worship, a place of the word of God. So if something comes out of your mouth that's contrary to the word of God, you're going to have scripture all around that says otherwise. You're going to have people in your home that's going to hold you accountable. Hey, that's not Jesus. Right? Because you want to line up, and that's a culture that you have to build. Listen, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm there completely yet. We're not perfect at it. But you got to work at it. you got to develop it and start saying, God, I, I need to know you. And so get into your prayer room. Find some place where you pray, and you get to know God, and he is lifted up in your house. You get to know him. Matthew 6, 31 says, so, don't not, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. I like what the message Bible, how that puts it. It says, people who do not know God and the way he works worry over these things. You get to know God. The more you know someone, the more you're able to say into your hands, I commit my spirit. So get into the word. Build that culture of peace and love and faith in your home. But you got to develop it. you got to work at it. Get in your home. Go home today and start worshiping. Put on worship music. Have a place in your home that you, know, you can just go and sit under the presence of God. You know, when the presence of God is in your home, everything becomes easier. Amen? In His presence, there's what? fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore i love that i'm not completely sure what the pleasures actually is but i like it i want to know more about that right so we got to stick with it to have that you see a lot of families there isn't a spiritual climate in the home They come to church, they get that spiritual climate. But you know what this is? It's just a model of what you should experience every single day. So develop that. Get to know the Lord. Be loud about that in your home. Speak the word. I'm so thankful for uh, my wife because she's a worship leader. Just so thankful that she's, you know, trained that into our kids. And our kids now worship. I mean... I mean, I can hear my son just singing right next to my bedroom. You know, he, he's up there. I can hear my daughter, both my kids sing, play the piano. I love that. And I have, I have a, a Google Mini. And I say, hey, Google. It's kind of weird. But anyway, I speak to her and uh, says, play this worship music on Pandora. And it comes up. I mean, I just, 
Sometimes you just need to get away and you need to develop that in your home where you, you can just rest. You know, it's good to rest. You know, people need, because you develop it, you know how you'll know is when they come over to their house, they want to go to bed. They want to sleep. It's okay. Maybe you're boring. I don't know. But they want to sleep. <laughs> Maybe I'm boring. I don't know. But it's a good place. But you've got to develop that by you stepping out in faith and saying, God, I want to know you. Spend time. Start where there's five minutes. Work it up. But you've got to spend time with the Lord in your home. Do it at your kitchen table. Do it in, in the bathroom. I don't care where you do it. Just do it. Worship. Pray. And seek the Lord. Because otherwise, listen. If we don't build a culture of peace, of love and faith in our home, we'll build a culture of fear, of anxiety and strife. You're going to build something. Because what you bring home, if it doesn't fall off, it takes residence in your house. What do you want to take residence in your house? You want the Spirit of God. So do that. So take that leap of faith. Start trusting God and start developing that. Number two is to keep God first in your life. So everything, be consistent in this. You focus on His agenda, not on yours. If you focus on His agenda, He'll focus on your agenda, right? You know what I have to do, and I, and I work in a Christian culture. I mean, I, I know a lot of you, you can't, you can't do worship music at your, at your work or anything. I, I, I get to. I mean, it's, it's actually a requirement here. <laughs> in fact, I, I believe most of our staff is saved. Um, <laughs> no, they are. Just joking. We Sometimes Joe, we just don't know. No, I'm joking. Um, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> He's not here, is he? Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, we, um, <laughs> where am I going with this? Anyway, <laughs> but even after I, I start going home, I mean, there's cares of this world. There's things that come on you, worry, all that kind of stuff. But uh, I, I'm excited about going home. Because it's become a place of refuge. And it's not that I'm perfect at it. And sometimes I bring things in and we don't follow through. But eventually we'll get it. You know, Lisa and I can fight. You know, she's just a little Mexican lady that can yell. And I can yell too. And I'm hard-headed. I won't say she's hard-headed. No, I won't do that. But anyway, <laughs> but we fight. Right, honey? We fight. And uh, our kids got us. Uh, it was our kids who got those cups for us. Who gave, gave us those cups? Julia and you know, my daughter, and the cup. One of the cup. My cup says he's he's right. I'm Mister Right, and her cup says Mrs. Always Right. <laughs> it, it, it's probably true, but anyway. Um, but you know, even then, you know what happens is because we've we've started to develop a culture, and I'm, I'm saying we're not perfect. That it will lead us to what is really right in God. And eventually, I usually am the one who's repenting. But anyway, um, but it leads us to repentance, to 
to love and just to give those things to the Lord. See, we need to develop that, but you need to spend time, but you also need to keep Him in as the first in your life and everything, the first in your thoughts. So, and to help your family do the same thing. See, it can't be His problem if it's still going to be your problem. And He's always going to tell you to focus on His Word and focus on Him. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. So don't let something else take the place of peace and worry. So when you develop a culture that, that is you're building a relationship with God and you're seeking Him first, something's going something's to be good in your life. And worry is not going to be able to attach itself to you. Guess what's going to attach itself to you? Faith. So in the morning when you wake up, you're going to be able to give that day to the Lord because it's His. It's going to be His day. And you're going, to, you're going to bless this day. You're not going to curse this day. You're not going to regret this day. Um, you're, not going to, you're not going to worry about today because you've given it all to the Lord. Because you've developed a culture of love and peace and faith in your home. And you've been encouraged. New mercies are new every morning. So you're able to rest at night because you have given it to the Lord and you're not worrying about it because you have a place in your home that's a, a place that you can, you can enjoy. And if you don't enjoy your home right now, get with whoever's living in it with you and say, No more! It's time to fight for your refuge. It's time to fight for the place that God has you and that you are saying, no more. We will not have this place be a place of war. We will not have this place be a place that is not of peace. We're going to have peace. We're going to have love. And we're going to have faith. And it's going to take work, but you're going to step out in faith and say, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to do it. And you're going to force yourself to pray. Even when you don't feel like it, even when you come home, and this is my feeling, I want to plop myself right in front of the TV. But you're going to force yourself, no, that's not the first. The first thing is God. And I'm going to give glory to Him. My my house. It's going to be a house of worship. It's going to be a house of prayer. It's going to be a house of the word. You decide that and you choose that because you know what? If you're going to get through a bad day, you need a place of refuge where you can be encouraged. And I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. It is nobody else's job but you and your connection with Jesus. Amen? And the Holy Spirit's going to rise up. And you're going to make those moves to do what God has called you to do. Amen? Pray and seek the Lord and worship and watch God just move in your life. Do it. Just start, start today. Go home today. Say, God, you know, this place is yours. I'm going to speak the word. I'm going to write up the scriptures. You know, some of those Goliaths in your life, those mountains, write scriptures down. Amen? Listen, if you're dealing with somebody at work, maybe a boss that is, is troubling you, right? Write scriptures down. Not, not that the scripture that says God will slay him. Don't put that one down. 
But write scriptures down and put them all over your house. So when you walk in after a hard day, you look at those scriptures and went, oh yeah, I'm supposed to pray for him or her. Yeah, what they say is not going to harm me. Amen? That God has given me favor with all men. Come on, amen? If you're dealing with physical issues, and you know, you, I, I understand that. You walk in and I'm tired. I get tired at night. When I walk in the house, my legs are tired, but I'm just tired. Guess what I have to do? I have to remember the Word of God. So put scriptures around your house so when you walk in, you see it. Oh, this is who I am. Oh, this, this is my place. This is my place of refuge. That's where faith is. Yeah, yeah, I need to focus on Him. It's a reminder of what heaven should be like. So you pray the prayer on earth. No, in my home as it is in heaven. Amen? Did you ever think about that? Heaven on earth is in your home. Have it there. Where it's a place of refuge and strength. So worship. Speak the word. Pray. Watch God change your life. How many of you guys are ready for that? Amen? Bow your heads. Close your eyes. I want you to do this right now. I want you to commit. And it takes work. And you, you might have done this once in a while, but I want you to be consistent in it. Now, you're not going to be perfect. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about perfection. Jesus didn't call us to be perfect. He was perfect for us. In fact, He knows we can't. But He wants you to be consistent. And so some of you... You need to go home today. You need to make if you if you are married and you need to speak to your spouse and you guys need to be in agreement on this. If you're not married, you know you got a roommate. Go go there. If there's someone in your home that would never be in agreement with this, you do it yourself. You have authority. Go home and make a decision that this is going to be a home that's going to be a refuge where God can heal where God can restore, where God can give vision and faith, where you can feel and know the love of God and spread it out, where you can have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Today is the day that you decide that your home is going to be like that. And where you're going to, there's no way, whatever bad day comes from now on, no matter how bad it gets, it is not going to be able to harm you because you are focused on the Lord. That He is your refuge. He is your place. And you have put your focus and you're getting to know Him. And you can say, I commit these days to you, Lord. And you can fully trust Him. Because in the presence of the Lord, things become easier. And that's what you're doing. So say this right now under your breath. Say, Father, I commit to make my home a place of refuge. A place where your peace, your love, and your faith rules so I can be like you and give you glory throughout this world. My home can also be a place of ministry to others so when they come in, things drop right off of them and you come right into them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise for that. Amen.